I've been coming, father's been coming, my grandfather Trafalgar came, and my great-grandfather Wester. He came to Appleby Fair, so you can reckon it back. Father was 80, round about three and a half, four hundred years. Just something about the middle of April, the beginning of May, even my two kids and my brother's boys and girls, I say, it'll soon be Appleby Fair, Dad, won't it? They say, yes, second Wednesday in June. They start preparing, buying clothes and new shoes, polishing trailers, getting the motors ready and you're pulling bars on because they know it's Appleby Fair time. They don't want to go to Blackpool to the seaside or Morecambe. They want to go to Appleby Fair. Appleby Fair is held on the second Wednesday in June each year in the small market town of Appleby in Westmoreland. It is a historic fair. In 1685, James II granted a charter to the townspeople, giving them the right to hold an annual fair for the purchase and sale of horses, cattle and all manner of goods. The Royal Charter is important. The gypsies and travellers have relied on it to prevent attempts by the local authorities to stop the fair. Originally, the fair was held in the town square. Then it was moved to the main street then into a country lane, and finally onto the fair hill or gallows hill where it now is held. Today's fair is called New Fair and dates from 1750. It is primarily a horse fair, ranking amongst the three biggest in England. And of its kind, as a fair for gypsy horses, it ranks first in the United Kingdom. However, it is more than that. It is the single most important gathering place for gypsies and travellers in these islands. For a week before the fair, their caravans and wagons can be seen on the road to Appleby. They come here to meet old friends, to buy and to sell, to see and be seen, to show off their stainless steel caravans and their bow-top wagons. The gypsies fear for the future of the fair. The townspeople have consistently attempted to have it stopped, and on the day of the fair, shops, pubs and hotels close. On the other hand, it has attracted an increasing number of hippies, house-dwellers and non-gypsies, so that the Romanies and travellers feel like strangers at their own fair. trotters, what's trotting on the roads now today, there has been grass track trotters and they use them nowadays for road trotting. They have matches on a Sunday morning or on the weekdays and at evening times against one another and they're just trying to prove to one another they've got the best trot road trotter now and this is just to show the paces out and give them who wants to have a bit of a side better chance to see which horse the fancy. It's more or less like a paddock at a race course, you know, where they pick the the, the fancy out. And, and will they buy and sell some of these? Oh, yes, some of them will change hands two or three times today. And I've said, sometimes you can see one being sold of a morning, and the man who owned him first would end up with him at night time, he'd buy him back again, take him back home again, you see. These are all little bits of traditions of Appleby Fair. I've got them here, quite all right. Ladies, watch. Who else spent 50p? Just raise your arms. Which one do you like, love? 
The ladies watch, my dear. And the offer's not thirty pound and that beautiful ladies watch, my dear. The offer's not thirty pound, my love. The offer and that beautiful watch is the exact same watch as that one, my dear. Uh, no difference. The offer is ten pounds. If I ask you to pay, can you pay, love? Put your money away, that's yours. It's gone from one of the greatest gypsy and travelling family traditions left in this country to nothing but a glorified Sunday market type of day out for anybody or everybody to come to. It's lost all its character. In fact, it's got no character left. It's just a case that it's become something what was our traditional yearly holiday. Gypsy families and travelling people, families travel from all arts and parts of Britain, Scotland, Wales, to meet at Appleby Fair once a year. And everybody knew one another who was on the fair, but just this last four or five years got to a point where nobody knows nobody because the old people, the old traditional people who used to come together living, horse dealing and whatever they wanted to do, some come for holiday, some come to earn money. We've been infiltrated with house dwellers, hippies, who call themselves gypsy people. They think because they can put an earring in their ear and drive horse and cart or some old tent on the back of a pony and cart, that makes them a gypsy. Well, it doesn't. But the public doesn't know the difference. They take it for granted because then people say, we're gypsy people, they really believe they are, but they're not. And when it's pointed out to them, a lot of people realise that there's a hell of a difference between genuine gypsy people, travelling people, and these so-called gypsy people. What they've done, they've come amongst us for a cheap holiday at Appleby Fair. They have spoilt Appleby Fair. There's people who would like to come to Appleby, come to Appleby for years. They can't get on the field. What was made for Appleby Fair since it was took off the road, the travelling people who want to come to Appleby, who has done for generations, they can't come to Appleby because there's no room for them. Now then, the Geordies that come here, not they're not travellers. They're not travellers. The Newcastle people, I call them colliers. I pointed out, I pointed out to a, a gentleman when I, he was asking me, and I said, well, look, there he is. There's one there. And he had a lovely leather coat on, nice pair of trousers, and he had a bloody great pair of pit boots on with a, a steel plate that they work, actually work in the pit with. And then, of course, the, the, as you know, the Romanies, I call them the black face ones. And if you've looked, if you've walked round the site, you'll notice that they're all together or all in the region of one area. Well, that's the idea, to keep them all together. Now then, ordinary tourists that come, well, I slip them in the paddock. And then you get one or two people along here. They're not travellers. I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're market traders. And when I was asked, who are them? I says, well, them, they're the gangsters. And I put them up there.
So we'll hear the gangsters then, all new vehicles, all new trailers, all clubbered up, beautifully dressed, daughters running about in a brand new mini. Well, I call them the gangsters. I don't know what business they're in, but that's it. And then you get the others, uh, the traders, and, uh, well, they're dealing different stuff, you see, and now I've got a jeweller, he comes from, uh, I met him two years ago. Now that man's here. He's took over £4,000 today. Big friend of mine. Do anything for me. And uh, what are flatties? Flatties? Well, the flatties is... You're a flatty. You have no connection. You have no connection with the fair or anything. So when you come up and anybody... Any of the travellers say, well, who is he? Say, he's a flatty. He's a flatty graduate. And that's it. And that's how we just nod light and say, well... And uh, if you had got your wife here, now then, as soon as she comes in the gate, a little gypsy, little gypsy chavvy will probably come up and say, uh, will you have a lucky charm? Just a shilling, just a little bit of silver. And we'll say your wife's kind-hearted or soft-hearted and gives that little girl, say, a couple of shilling for a bit of a plastic charm. It's flashed immediately. It, an easy touch. <laughs> I says, and then her bigger sister will say, now, dear, you have a very kind face, um... Would you let me just give you a little reading? Bobby Bites! Now, Mr. Bites! Bobby Bites! How long have you been coming to Appleby Fair? Since I was 76 years. And has the fair changed a good deal since uh, then? Hang up a lot. In what way? Why, it's all horses and wagons once, so horse drawn tackle. And they used to fetch horses out of Ireland hundreds at a time. And I've had them for from three pounds till twenty of them, of the Irishmen. And now look at the price now. What does it cost now to buy a um, complete gig here, complete yoke? Well, if you want a complete yoke, you'll have to pay about... Uh, £2,000 for a good york, uh, no less. I could have bought a good york once to over here for about £50, £60, a good one. In what other way has the fair changed since you first came? Well, the younger generation, when it's not as good with the old men, used to come dealing with horse wagons. And Martin Trellis has done it. They ruined it. We were bred and born about here, Westland. There was my father and mother was married at, down this quarry bottom. And someone else was buried off here. So this is really your home here? Aye, and they used to hang them on this hill. My grandfather followed the last man up. Called him Will Jennings. To be hung. Sucking an orange on the cart. This was up to Gibbet Hill? 
Yes. You don't live in Westmoreland now? I live at Towlaw. How, how far away is that? It'll be, how oh, far would be to Towlaw? About 40 miles from here. Uh, about 40. And how did you get down here? Travelled with horse and cart, really. How long did it take you? Two days. Bobby Bites! How many real gypsies are up in the field today? I should say in out of the field there's 20% gypsy and travelling people, 80% non-travelling people, non-gypsy people. There's uh, people who work, go to a job of work, down the pits, colliers... They come, they fetch their old pony and cart, and they pull an apple buffet, and they're there, and it makes a cheap holiday for them because they can pull on the field amongst all the gypsy people, and all the, they just do what the gypsy people do, and it's a cheap holiday for them. Explain the difference between travelling people and gypsies. Well, gypsy people are Romanies, uh, a breed of people of their own. The travelling people is years and years ago, centuries ago. They used to be tinsmiths, pothawkers, horse dealers, and they took the life of the gypsy people because they could travel from one end of the country to the other to carry out what business they was doing better than what they could in one place. The travelling people are much the same as gypsy people. The only thing is with gypsy people, we are a breed of people. We're a race of people. We speak our own language. The travelling people speak a similar type of language to ours, but we have a genuine, fluent Romanist language, which we can converse in Romney without speaking English. And it isn't a cant, it's a genuine language. Charlotte Smith, this is the most beautiful wagon I have ever seen in my whole life. Uh, it's a horse-drawn It's wagon. a horse-drawn wagon. You'll never see another one like it. It's been all over the country. And uh, the Prince of Wales had passed away. He was in it 30 years since on the race course, Doncaster. I got it off my uncle. I have had 12 babies born in it. And I'm as proud today of it as what I was then. What is the history of it? Well, the least I can tell you, she's about 110 year old. But Caladine's Adam made, Jav Caladine was the man that had it made. I couldn't have fetched it up with horses, but my brother, Henry Gaskin, fetched it up with horses. And he's enjoyed every moment of it, and it is the best thing that's been on Appleby. I've had it all done up, but my grandchildren, my children, they all saved up in a box to help me to pay for it. People have offered to buy this wagon from you? They've offered me all sorts on top of the hill, but it's a family heirloom, and it's got to be left to George Smith, I know what happens to me and his dad. That's one of my sons. 
It's got the proper Ulster stove in it that was originated with the wagon. It's got the Prince of Wales's feathers over the door. It's got all the carving in the gold gilt. It's got the mirrors that's all cut and carved. So there's not much more you can call for a wagon, is it? And why all these different colours and wh what do they well, mean? Well, that was made when the wagon come out and I've had it put back like it was when I first got it again. It has tremendous colours. It's green. the Romney's colours and the Romney's likes a bit of gold gilt. And also the show people does and I like it. How about the, the carved lions in the front? What, what is Them's the lion's heads. And the boy who's done it up, reserved it for me, he's cut one or two of them out. And all this beautiful glass. That's what they call a mistletoe glass. And it costs a lot to get it put right. And you won't get no more mistletoe, for I got the last bit. And I'm satisfied with everything there is in this wagon. And these boards here? These are the birds that was cut and carved when I got it. And the bow window, they say there weren't no bow window. That's a pure bow window with grapes all in the sides. Virginia, I come from Covent Garden Market. I used to stand in the West End, I used to be a barrow boy. And then I come back to this life again, the crystal business, to Grand Derby. And I've been here now, what, 33 years. 33 years in this business. Not many I don't know. They know me. You give them a fair crack of the whip. And they deal with you all the time. But you've only got to take a liberty with them once, and that's the finish. They don't come back no more. But you give them a fair crack of the whip, they'll keep coming back to you year after year. And they keep dealing with you all the time. We chop and we change gear. We chop different things, gold, everything. With it with a swap, a few quid. And that's how the business goes on. Now, Worcester Bites! Derby Bites! You see that ring? That is a gypsy ring, isn't it? Yes. Now then, you see the box? These are cast off of my ring. I've had this 40 years. I'll open the box and I'll show you. Mm -hmm. Brass. Plated. Nice, aren't they? All for the tourists. For the Americans especially? Well. Anybody? So what can you say? Cheapest, cheapest they go up to any civilians is a fiver. I had them made for the Jubilee. Well, we, uh, my wife and I, we are, we are missionaries to the gypsies and the travelling people. And uh, just over six years ago, we were having a time of prayer, and I had a vision of a field upon my left hand, and it was up uh, on a hillside. It was a cornfield, all shimmering in corn, ripe corn. And I'm leaning on the gate in my arms, just leaning, looking into the field. And I put my hands up to shade my eyes to get a look in among this corn, and as I looked into it, the whole thing had vanished. This vision I saw twice, a few weeks apart, but I saw this vision twice. And I wondered what this was, wondered. And then one, one morning, our phone rang at home, and a friend of ours spoke to my wife, Irene. 
When I picked up the phone, my friend said, I've had a very vivid dream of your husband last night. And she said he was in the corner of a cornfield, kneeling down, and the light was um, very bright and shimmering all over the corn. And uh, he was trying to look at this, but it was too brilliant. He was trying to look through his fingers. It was too brilliant. So she said at the finish, he went out flat on his face in front of the cornfield, and all the shimmering and uh, glittering came over the top of him. And so we went on to Keswick Convention. This is in Cumberland, the same year. And we were having a time of prayer, and they were asking for missionaries for the home fields and, and for the foreign fields. And I had this same vision again. And uh, I just put my eyes up to look into this cornfield. And I says, Lord, what is this thing? And immediately I saw coming up amongst this corn, um, the old-fashioned type of the, the Romy, the gypsy, bow-top wagon. I saw this thing coming up in amongst the corn. And I saw wagons and travellers. And I saw the gypsy people, the travelling people, and their children. And often... Often I'd said, here am I, Lord, send me, these are the words of Isaiah the prophet, here am I, Lord, send me, and I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, and I'll do what you want me to do. But when I saw what it was I was called to do, I said, oh, no, not that lot. I wasn't interested. And then I saw all these poor people, as it were, without a shepherd. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. They don't want us on the roads, they don't want us in fields. They're supposed to be building these gypsy sites. They're being infiltrated with non-gypsies, non-travellers, house dwellers who've been thrown out of houses for not paying rent and things like this. So what and where, have, what can we do and where can we go? But they're just trying to kill the gypsy and the travelling people's way of life. They're trying to kill their traditions. And I don't care who says so or who doesn't, they have no right to try and do it. Do they go into these big cities? To the Asians, the Indians, the Pakistans, and say, you mustn't live like you live. You must live how we live. Do they, they don't do that, but they're trying to do it with gypsy and travelling people. My vision of this field, it, 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 of, this, of this harvest field, reminds me of, of this scripture which we find in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9 and verse 38. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labours are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labourers into his harvest. And in closing, I'd just like, like to put a few words of my own on, it is this. Fill me, O Lord, with thy desire, for all who know not thee, then touch my lips with holy fire to speak of Calvary. Actually, if you look out of the window and you, you look right down there, that is the trotting field. But we have nothing to do with a trot. We're, as, we're They're a different class of people. But we do get some up here that uh, actually... Go down just to have a bet, you see. This is trotting ponies now. That's right. But as I say, they're not nothing. They're not travellers. They're uh, well, people that's uh, in the racing world. Not not us.
Driver, Jim. I know Jim personally. Black Raven, quick save makes the break, reshuttle pacing fourth. And they get the bell this time with one to go. It's Jim Pick, two clear of Black Raven, reshuttle three, four is Hollywood, five Steuben, six Night Dream, seven quick save. But Hollywood's not so far away. But it's Hollywood, Hollywood is the straight from Jim Pick. Didn't I tell you, good ass, Hollywood. Hollywood takes it up. Has there always been Steuben, trotting Raven, associated with the fair? Yeah. Jim Pick. There always has been a trotting meeting. Yes. This last 25 years, but no further back. There isn't many sports, but they're nearly all dodgy. You see, the fairest sport is a lot. It's pigeons. There's nothing that they know about it. Once pigeons let loose, it's beyond their control, you know. But horse. Well, they, can, they could pull him or anything, hold him back, do you know what I mean? They yoke him up wrong. They know what to do. They don't trot for the public, they trot for themselves, the men at home. Eh? Well, it's just uh, for who has the fastest pony, you know. And uh, where some men uh, keeps a racing dog and some men keeps a race horse. It's known as uh, harness speed. They're yoked up, you don't ride them. They yeah. yoke them in what is known as a sulky. As a sulky. This man, uh, he keeps this horse as uh, his hobby, but it's a trotting horse. It's a different horse to a race horse, different type of horse, but it's his hobby, you see. And it is uh, it is uh, one ambition to win Appleby. Is it the biggest trotting meeting in the country? It's one of the biggest, yes. Yeah. Musselburgh is the biggest in the country. Yeah. I would think Musselburgh would be Muscle the biggest. Musselburgh is the trotting grand national. My name is uh, Alberina, and uh, I've just come from Australia back to see the fair, and I haven't been at the fair for around about 13 years, and uh, it's different from what it used to be. When I was a little girl, it used to be on the road, and it was better when it was on the roadway than what it is now when it's up on the hill. It's different altogether. The atmosphere is not the same. It should be back on the road where it belongs. Yeah, there are 17 of you in family altogether. Some of the younger members of the family must have no memory of the fair. No, well, that's right, that's right. Some of them, like this little sister, this, that was a baby when she came over here. This is the first time she's seen it. It was a baby like when she went to Australia. And the grandchildren, they have no memories. But your father, of course, is the person who most wanted to see the fair, come back to the fair again. He is the person who was most... Interested. Yes, yes, but we all wanted to see it. Yeah. All the uh, rest of the family and the bigger ones that had more memories than we had, they all wanted to see the fair. And uh, we, have, we have a few... Uh, two brothers still over there in Australia. Three brothers still there. and their uh, families. Their families. But they're coming over next year to see the fair.
the shouting is, well, years ago when they shouted oi, 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 uh, meant to keep the road clear and let the horses go, like, you know, uh, to give people a warning that uh, there was a horse coming. Like. I'm a travelling showman by rights, and uh, a number of years ago, my family's show was burnt to the ground. Uh, from Redford, we travelled up as far as Doncaster on our way to Bradford. I ran out of petrol. My family travelled on, but I stayed at Doncaster. And shall we say, I turned flatty. Now then, you might say, well, you're here at Appleby. Well, I make this, uh, shall we say, a working holiday. Because uh, Mr. Bruff, a well-known traveller on the gypsy side, I'm not a gypsy, I'm a showman. But through our worlds is mostly the same my daughter married his son and Mr. Bruff he was in a bit of a tangle with the old king of the gypsies old Gordon Boswell poor man died last year just after Appleby they brought him round like and to have a look at his people and he is a genuine Romany that's old Mr. Boswell now Bill couldn't do this on his own he couldn't go out and have a deal. He'd got to get the travellers settled in here. So he asked me if I'd come and help him. And for the last three years, I've worked the gate for him. I don't say a gypsy man would go through a gate to have a chicken, but it has been known for a chicken to ramble along the side of a road. It has been known for a man to chop one up with a whip and then puts its head under a cartwheel. If it was found, it had been run over. Kind of an excuse. It's a lame excuse, I know, but it did happen. It has happened with me. Now, I've, I've got one boy. He's, uh, he's been uh, working what we call the dud sovereigns. But how he does it, he goes to a shop and says, Can I have two old boxes? I want to wrap some... Uh, good glassware up and some very valuable silver we're having to clear this lady's ha old house and then the next day he goes back have you another box please and then they fetch the duff sovereigns out and says I found these foreign coins well immediately the shopkeeper thinks the fellow's an idiot they're gold sovereigns and says, I'll, I'll, I'll have them, I'll buy them straight away. <laughs> they dropped on his toes, you see. Would you like to see a Dud's half-sovereign made of lead? Yes, Would you like to? Yeah. Just, uh, I've got one up here. 480 pounds, look at them, look at them. Look at them. There's one, two... You've never seen as much gold in... I'm a rich man, am I? There's a beauty. There's another gold bracelet. 
There's another Churchill. Right? It amazes you, doesn't it? And here's another one. Look at there. Isn't that... A, that's lovely. What a load of brass. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a full-time work for us. We've been called to this in the full-time service for the Lord in, in as missionaries to these Romany people. We get uh, free gifts of, of good clothing given, good footwear given, and we take these out amongst, amongst the Romanies and, and the, uh, the travelling people. Appleby is in the Vale of Eden, and the River Eden flows through the town. For centuries, the fair people have washed the horses in this river. The horses are soaked on the river bank, and young gypsies, fully clothed and riding bareback, take the horses into a deep pool at the town bridge. Sometimes, as many as ten horses can be seen swimming in a circle in the river. When the ritual washing is over, they gallop the horse, wet and glistening, up to the fair hill to be paraded and sold. You ride them right down the hill from the fair, and uh, the old dusty road they're coming down, and they get down to the water's edge and just plunge straight into the water, you know. And they all go there with a the fairy liquid and give them all a good bath. And when they come out, you know, it looks like a different horse, you know, all clean, sparkling up, ready for well, I should say, ready for selling. And you know, put the fine, fine ledge on it, ain't it? The thing we noticed, the horses didn't hesitate, did no. they? They just plunged straight yeah, in. Yeah, they're, they're no sort of backing up, making the horse go. It just sort of wanted to walk yeah, into the water, you know. It just uh, how the horse are the damn good riders, you know. It was just, you know, great, like. Well, these are the hardcore of the horsemen of England. These are the true down to earth horse dealers who know a horse inside out just by looking at it, feeling it seeing it run up and down yeah you know these men are the well they're few and far between today well yeah it's, it's not a thing you can really learn you can read books you can have people tell you things but unless you've got that gift to look and evaluate a thing you uh, you, you know you just can't do it it's like having a car if you if a car's knocking you've got to know be able to diagnose where the knock's coming from without taking it into a thousand parts. You know, a horse you can't take into a thousand parts. You've got to be able to think, well, yes, I can cure that without a lot of trouble, or no, he's too bad, give it a miss. You see, I was talking to a, a chief constable. Now, he must be an educated man to carry that rank. He says, will you come down? There's some gypsies in this lay-by. Well, we went in a police car. When we arrived there, I says, now then, sir, as an educated man, you're wrong. He says, what do you mean, Mr. Carpenter? I says, these aren't gypsies. They're throw-outs, lay-abouts, people that won't pay the rent in civil life. They won't pay the rates. They get a caravan. They get a little bit of a lorry. And so he said to us, why don't you bring one of my carts up to Appleby Fair? 
and uh, give me horses some work. And so we went over there and we stayed there for a week, learning about the horses like and doing a bit of carpentry and iron work on the carts, which we'd never done before. And then we, uh, we all got embarked and we set out here, came 100 miles, about 20, 25 miles a day. It took us nearly a week. We stopped off for two days. We had all sorts of adventures. A horse went lame on us, a couple of horses bolted on us. We got bitten, we got trodden on, we got kicked. But we had a gas, you know, it were really good. I think we'll come again as well, you know, because it's good. They're, they're a good bunch of folk, you know, this is the thing. But, but the Appleby Fair is primarily a fair for travelling people. Yeah, well, I think that, that's, that's what we are. We weren't born into the travelling tradition, but sort of speaking for, like, me and my mates, really, we might as well be travellers. You know, I've lived in rented houses and I've bought, I've bought a house now in Todmorden. For, I, bought it, I bought it, in fact, for £75 because it was a ruin and I've done it up a bit. But for all that any one place means to me, I might as well be a traveller, really. It's just I wasn't born to be a traveller. I was born into the upper middle class. Your father, Gordon Boswell, has made your family, I suppose, famous uh, to non-gypsies in his book, um, The House of Boswell. Who are the Boswells? They're one of the oldest family of gypsy people, Romany people, in this country. There's only a few families. Uh, there's Boswells, Hearns, Herons, Lees and the Prices. Was your father regarded as the king of the gypsies? No, that was that. This is something what father always fought against. There is no such thing, and I repeat, this is no such thing as king of the gypsies. There's only one king or queen, and at the present moment, it's our queen Elizabeth. Father was a respected elder of the Romany people. You've shown me some of the beautiful caravans and the stainless steel vans up in the field and you've mentioned your traditions. What are your traditions, the high points of your traditions? Clean living, our way of life, what we've led for years, and to travel. A bit of stick fire outside if we want to fry a bit of bacon of a morning. We don't like it frying on the Caligas because it don't taste the same. Or with a non-stick frying pan, we like it an old cast frying pan. A bit of stick fire outside... We like to go to a farm and say, come have a walk across your field, boss, and kill it, or a rabbit. Things like that. Things what, if I have my way, they'll never take them off me. If they'll have a hell of a fight on their hands to try and take my life and my boy's life away from them. We're less trouble than any other community in this country today. We, d we just don't need any help. They say, oh, we must help the gypsy people, the travelling people. We don't need no help. We're a self-supporting race of people. Now, this lane is the traditional camping place for the Boswell. This is, this is Appleby Fair Corner, as we used to know it as. What memories does this place hold for you? The memories of a lifetime, never to come back again. Spoilt. The only thing we've got is memories now of Appleby Fair, because where we sit now... There were some of the finest gypsy people and families and travelling people in the country used to stop along here. Lovely clean people. They'd dig a hole and bury the rubbish. The police was friends. They used to come and sit down on a sick fire and have a cup of tea with you. The local farmers. You could go to them and give them four or five pounds to put six or seven horses in the field for three or four days. I don't say all gypsies is 100% angels. We're not. 
but we have a code of decency and we stick to it and we also have a code of respect for other people's property like we have for our own but the only annoying thing is it's these infiltrators as I call them who have put the rot in they've set the rot into Appleby Fair where it'll never be the same again it's lost if the fair is lost is the gypsy way of life lost too <laughs>